Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Wednesday, March 16th, 2022, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb, and coming up on today's episode, we're going to talk about another signing that the Orioles have made here this week since the lockout ended. Now, technically, it was not a major league signing, but it's a player who could help this team at the major league level, and that is Chris Owings, a shortstop who has spent most of his career with the Arizona Diamondbacks and played for the Colorado Rockies last year. The Orioles have brought in Owings on a minor league deal with an invite to big league spring training, and he's got a chance to make this team and play the infield on the opening day roster. So we'll talk about Owings' career so far, how he fits in with the Orioles, and then we'll get to a few news updates on some injuries from camp so far, but that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So today's episode, all about Chris Owing. So the Orioles signed to a minor league deal on Tuesday, according to first Rockabaco of MassInSports.com. And Owings, just another guy who can help this Orioles team. So we wanted to get to first kind of what his career has looked like so far in Major League Baseball. But first, I just wanted to thank you, the listener, for making Locked On Orioles your first listen of the day. Locked On Orioles is free and available on all podcast listening platforms. And remember, we're also on YouTube now as well. If you're watching this here on the YouTube stream, make sure to hit that red subscribe button right down there. And uh, starting in April, every single one of our episodes will be on YouTube on the Locked On Orioles YouTube page as well. And so if you're liking what you're hearing here on this podcast and uh, you want to subscribe and like, follow the pod wherever you listen, that's fantastic. If you could subscribe on YouTube, that would be great. If you could also leave a rating and a review on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts if you listen via audio. If you're watching on YouTube, like subscribe, leave a comment as well about what we talk about in this episode. Leave a comment about what you think about Chris Owings, and we will respond to them in future episodes as well. But again, just wanted to thank you, the listener, for making Locked on Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. And for your first listen today, it's all about Chris Owings. He is joining the Orioles as a shortstop on a minor league deal. He'll join the Orioles later this week. But, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how he kind of fills in. And obviously, Orioles fans have been waiting for a signing of a shortstop, a major league shortstop. And this wasn't exactly the guy in Carlos Correa who we've been waiting for, but it is Chris Owings with a lot of big league experience. So let's kind of start with who Chris Owings is and, and what he's done to this point in his career. First of all, 30-year-old shortstop who will be 31 in August. He was the 41st overall pick in the 2009 MLB draft by the Arizona Diamondbacks. That was in the competitive balance round back in in 09 and now has signed a minor league deal with the Orioles. Now, he was with the Colorado Rockies in 2021 and spent all of his playing time at the big league level. It was just that injuries really kept him out for most of the season. Owings only got to appear in 21 games with the Rockies in 2021. He had 50 plate appearances, but he hit the ball pretty well in 2021. He had a 326 batting average in those 50 plate appearances, a 420 on base. Now, he had just one homer, but, you know, it wasn't that much playing time, and a 158 WRC+. Owings was hitting really well in those 21 games, but here was the issue. 
he could not stay on the field. On April 10th last year with the Rockies, he went on the injured list with a finger injury. It was at first the 10-day IL, then it turned into the 60-day IL. Then he was finally activated again from that injury. He came back on June 22nd, and he played until July 20th. And then he went on the IL again, which they were more specific, called it a thumb strain. And there was something structurally wrong in his thumb. He ended up getting surgery on August 18th, and he missed the rest of the season. So he basically played for only a month, June 22nd to July 20th. He was active with the Rockies, kind of playing in a utility role for Colorado, starting some games, coming off the bench as a pinch hitter a lot. But that was about it for Owings, and his season was done. So despite the good offensive numbers with the Rockies, that was it. He got surgery. He's healthy now. He became a free agent, and the Orioles ended up picking him up. But the question is, what's he looked like when he's been healthy recently? Because the numbers are good, but it's 50 plate appearances across a big league season. You need a little bit more of a sample size than that. Well, in 2020, you're not going to find that either because everybody had a small sample size and Owings was even smaller. He played in only 17 games in what was his first year with the Rockies in 2020. 44 plate appearances. Now, he did hit 268. He did have two homers and 89 WRC+. But at the end of the day, it was injuries at well that kept him out 2020. He had a hamstring injury in August, knocked him out for the rest of the season. So he played really in those first 17 games and then was done for the final 43 games for the Rockies. So you look back at 2019. What do you get? Some bad numbers in another small sample size. 2019, he split the year with the Royals and the Red Sox, and it was not good. He played in 67 games combined between those two teams, just shy of 200 plate appearances. He hit just 138 that season, three home runs. He had a 13 WRC+. Remember, that is a number that weighs in all hitting statistics, weighs in park factors, weighs in everything you could think of to try and find a baseline number for hitters. 100 is league average. Zero is about as bad as you can pretty much get. He was at 13. Let me do a comparison. A 13 WRC+, that's right around Chris Davis numbers for the last couple of years he was playing with the Orioles. Yeah, not good for Owings in Boston and Kansas City in 2019. So the question is, has he ever duplicated the offense that he had in 50 plate appearances in 2021? Well, technically, no. That's probably the best you know, 50 plate appearance stretch of Owings' career, which can be seen as a good thing at age 29 that he's kind of peaking a bit offensively. But how about 2018? That is his last full season. It was also his last season with the Diamondbacks after the D-backs drafted him. He got to the big leagues in 2013 and played for six years with the D-backs 2013 through 2018. With Arizona, he was not an everyday player, but he was kind of an interesting role where he was an NL guy, so he got a good amount of starts and he was always pinch hitting. And he ended up playing in 106 games, just over 300 plate appearances, but he hit 206. He had four homers. He had a 51 WRC plus, And again, wasn't a great hitter. Now, to be fair, in his early days with Arizona, you look at 2014, 15, 16, he was right around a league average hitter with the Arizona Diamondbacks, maybe slightly below a league average hitter, but right around a league average hitter with a good glove who can play every position. This is where the big thing comes in for Chris Owings. Yes, he's never been 
a great hitter. The 158 WRC plus last year, the only other time in his career he surpassed 100, which basically tells you the only other time he was above in a league average hitter was his rookie year in 2013. And even that year, you know, he had a pretty small sample size. It was less than 100 plate appearances. So he's never been a great hitter. But what he can do is play a lot of positions and play them all pretty adequately well. Now, throughout his career, he's been a shortstop more than anything else. He's had just shy of 2,000 innings at shortstop in his nine-year big league career. He's played 684 games in his big league career. He's got a 243 career batting average, but he's played a lot of innings at short, 2,000. But then you look at second base. He played about 1,500 innings at second base. He's played about 1,200 innings in the outfield. That includes all three outfield positions. Now, he's played left and right each more than center, but he has played some center. You throw in about five or 600 innings at third base in his career, and at the end of the day, he could probably even play first base in a pinch, which means he can play every position but catcher on the field, and you can trust him there. Maybe you don't want him at first. He hasn't played a lot there, but the Orioles are pretty set at first with Mountcastle and Mancini. So if you look at every other position on the diamond, second, short, third, left field, right field, and center field, always can play those positions. And I got to be honest with you, this is going to give him potentially a leg up on making this Orioles team, which is what we're going to talk about in a bit. But at the end of the day for Chris Owings, you know, it's not a big splits guy. He's obviously hit lefties better than righties in his career. He crushed lefties last year. That's why his numbers were so good. But his splits in his career a little bit better against lefties. Not a huge platoon guy. Not crazy good with the glove. Not a crazy good defender. Just solid at all those positions that he can play. And at the end of the day, yes, he's had some injury concerns over the last couple of years. But he showed his best offensive stretch last year. He can play a lot of positions. And now the question is, how does he fit in with the Orioles? And we will get to that in just a second. But first, you know, there's some time before the season starts that, you know, if you want to get in some reading, there's a little bit of time to still do that before we get opening day on April 8th. And maybe you're ready to discover your purpose and leave an impact wherever you go. Mission Possible, written and read by New York Times bestselling author and athlete Tim Tebow, encourages you to find your inspiration pursue your purpose, and create a life for yourself that counts. Ignite a new spark in your life through this new inspirational listen. Mission Possible by Tim Tebow is available everywhere. Audiobooks are sold. So looking back to the Orioles here, how does Chris Owings fit with this team? And I think the first and pretty obvious thought is that, well, he's been mainly a shortstop, and the Orioles really don't have a guy on the 40-man roster right now, who's mainly a shortstop. And to be fair, they have a lot of infielders on the 40-man roster, and Chris Owings is not on the 40-man roster. He was signed to a minor league deal. He could potentially be if he makes the opening day roster. But the O's don't have a true shortstop. You look around at the infielders. Ramon Arias can play shortstop, but I would call him a second baseman, and then I would honestly call him a third baseman. Rugnet Odor probably can't play shortstop. He talked to the media on Tuesday he said he really didn't even feel comfortable when he played third base for the Yankees in 2021. He's really only comfortable at second base. Jemai Jones, he was an outfielder coming up. His only infield position he's really played is second base. Ryland Bannon, a second slash third baseman who could probably play shortstop in a pinch, but not really his position. Jorge Mateo, he can play shortstop. He definitely can, but he's better at second in the infield. And also a guy who's had a lot of time in the outfield is probably more of an outfielder. 
but the Orioles played him a lot at second base. And again, can play shortstop, not really his position. Kelvin Gutierrez can play a little bit of shortstop if you need him to, but he is an elite defensive third baseman. And if you have Gutierrez on the field and on your team, and a guy who's not bringing a lot with the bat sometimes, you want him at third base because that's where he helps your team being so elite over there. So you put together all those guys and you realize, where's the shortstop? And you even look at the non-roster invites. Shed Long, signed to a minor league deal. Second baseman, little third base, plays the outfield, doesn't play shortstop. Patrick Dorian, third base, can play second base. Probably can play shortstop in a pinch. Not really his position. The only other guy in big league camp who is truly a shortstop first is Richie Martin. And Richie Martin got a really good look in 2019. And honestly, he got a long enough look in 2021 for us to know Richie Martin is not a big leaguer. Richie Martin is a good depth minor leaguer to have in AAA who's going to play a good defensive shortstop. He's going to have speed. He's going to hit a little bit, but not too much. And you can maybe call up in an absolute pinch if there's an injury just to pick some balls at short. But his defense even got worse last year. So you bring in Owings, he's immediately above Richie Martin, which, again, not super hard to do, but he's immediately above Martin. So you look around and you say, okay, he's the best shortstop in big league camp, best true shortstop. Does that mean he's going to make the team? No, because... They feel Arias and Mateo can play shortstop, and they might still bring in... I still think the Orioles are going to bring in a shortstop on a major league deal. I know Owings has been in the majors for the past nine seasons, so he's a big leaguer, but he's not on a major league deal. They're going to bring in a better option, I think, I hope, at shortstop. But if it is Chris Owings, maybe they do start the season with Chris Owings at shortstop. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, whether he's the true shortstop or not... We talked about this guy can play every position. This is something Mike Elias loves. You think about the players who he's brought in via waivers and other things. Ramon Arias can play the three infield positions. You know, Jorge Mateo, shortstop, second base, can play a little third base, plays in the outfield. A guy goes and trades for in Jemai Jones, you know, second base, all three outfield positions. I mean, you look around at these guys that Elias brings in, he loves the versatility that they bring. And it's funny to say this, but Chris Owings could play the Pat Valleca role for the Orioles in 2022. And this is funny because Chris Owings took over the Pat Vileka role for the Colorado Rockies in 2020. Remember, the Orioles claimed Vileka off waivers from the Rockies before the 2020 season, and the Rockies went and signed Owings. Owings played that utility role 2020 and 2021 while Vileka was with the Orioles. Now Vileka no longer with the O's, and Owings comes in just like Vileka, can play pretty much every position on the diamond, has had stretches in his career where he's hit well, but at the end of the day, not a great hitter, not a great major league player. But what Owings brings to Vileka doesn't is more success in his career, sustained success, much more big league experience having been up since 2013, more of a veteran guy now at 30 going on 31 this year, had been on some solid teams when he was in Arizona, especially late in that tenure. And he's been around, he can help the younger players. And at the end of the day, you know, he hasn't been great, but if you can bottle up and find what went right with Owings, this is something we're going to look into more on this podcast and see what went right. Again, 50 plate appearances is a very small sample size. It could have just been hot. But if Michael Elias thinks the Orioles can bottle up what went right for a 158 WRC plus, a 326 average in those 50 plate appearances in between the injury, and you got to remember this too, you know, Owings had the injury 
to start the season, came back in June, played for a month, was dominant with the bat, and then missed the rest of the season with the same injury. So you have to think the injury was probably bothering him a little bit while he was playing that well, and he was still hitting as well as he was. So if the O's saw something there, maybe a swing change, maybe a stance change, a timing mechanism, an approach change from Owings at the plate in 2021 that helped him unlock some real offensive firepower that he had never seen for that much of a stretch in his career, maybe the Orioles have a little something here in a minor league deal for Chris Owings. And again, maybe I'm grasping at straws, but... These are the players that the Orioles are bringing in to evaluate, and these are the guys that we have to talk about who, you know, I know he's on a minor league deal, but he has a legitimate shot to make the opening day roster. And I'll tell you right now, if the Orioles do not sign another infielder until opening day, I would give Chris Owings a better than 50% chance to make this opening day roster. Now, if another veteran shortstop comes in, that chance goes way down. But with the versatility and the time he has in the majors and the fact that his main position is shortstop, which no one else on the 40-man roster has, and the only guy in camp that has that is Richie Martin, and Owings steps on that field, he's already above Martin. I think there's a better, probably a, a 60 to 70, maybe a 60 to 70% chance that Owings makes the roster if all the guys in camp is all that's in camp with the Orioles this season. And yeah, it's a little disappointing that it's not going to be a guy like Carlos Correa, and hopefully there's a guy between Correa and Owings that the Orioles can bring in. But right now, I would give him a pretty good chance if, if you know, the team, the opening day roster was getting picked today. I think Owings would be on there. It's basically a better version of Pat Faleka. That's what the Orioles have brought in. But we will see how they potentially add to this roster in the future. But for right now, Owings looks like he's in a good spot and you know, they got a major league caliber player on a minor league deal. And we'll see if they can kind of harness whatever was going on with that bat because it was good stuff when he was not injured in 2021. But Owings isn't the only news coming out of Orioles camp this week. We also heard from Mike Elias. We heard from Brandon Hyde. We heard from many of the Orioles' top prospects, some of their top players. A lot of people have been talking to the media finally with the lockout over this week in Sarasota. And there's a lot to recap. And if you follow the feeds of the great beat writers that cover this team, Nathan Ruiz over at the Baltimore Sun, Zach Silver for MLB.com, uh, Rockabaco at Masson, you can get caught up on everything that was said. But specifically, there were some important injury updates that we need to get to. And that's what we're going to get to coming up right after this. But, you know, injuries for the Orioles, they are just frustrating when they happen, especially to, you know, some of your good players. And it's just annoying. And, you know, you don't want to deal with injuries. But something that takes frustration out of your life is rockauto.com. Because if you're like me, and you're not a big car person, but you drive a car and you like your car. And sometimes things go wrong with your car. That just happens. But if you're like me and you don't really know what that thing is that's wrong, you don't want to go in to a car dealership, right? Because they just they just ask you all these questions. They try to intimidate you. They try to like big man you essentially and show them that they know more than you. It's like, I'm going in there because I know that you know more than me. Just please help me. But you know where that doesn't happen? Rock Auto. Dot com Because you go there, you save time, you save money, and you save the hassle as well. 
They've got low prices on any kind of part you could need for your car. They're a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They've got anything, tail lamps, brake parts, motor oil, new carpet, whatever it may be. The website is easy to use, even for someone like me who doesn't really know what these parts are, but might know what I need. Go to rockauto.com, makes it easy, and I save money as well. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And write Locked On Orioles in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. So back at Orioles camp in Sarasota, of course, we're just two days away from the spring training opener. Uh, the Orioles will be playing at home Friday and Saturday, and then they will hit the road on Sunday. Now, Masson has not released any kind of broadcast schedule. We will see if they broadcast games. Remember, they broadcasted a handful of games on Masson last year. We'll see, you know, they haven't been great with this and with the shorter spring training and the less notice. I'm not holding out a lot of hope that they'll broadcast games. But we do know that two games on the schedule will be broadcast by other networks. And, you know, if you have MLB TV, you can get that or there are other means on the internet of getting these games. So we know the game this Sunday for the Orioles against the Red Sox, that will be broadcast on Nesson. And then a game next Wednesday, the 23rd, against the Yankees, that'll be broadcast on Yes. So the very least, we know two games. Is that great? No. But you can at least watch the Orioles on Sunday by multiple different means. Hopefully Masson pulls it together. There are some teams that have announced they're broadcasting all their games. Wish the Orioles would do that. They're not going to. Hopefully we get some of them here in spring training. But we'll at least get to see... You know, many of these Orioles finally after this lockout, not just the players on the 40-man, but some of the prospects and, and just watch the O's play baseball. We're so close to opening day, but those spring training games are always fun to see with our own eyes, you know, really where players are at. But there could be a couple of guys who, you know, maybe you flip on, you get to Nesson on Sunday that you won't be seeing. And one of those guys is Isaac Matson. As I wanted to get to some injury updates that we've gotten from Brandon Hyde and Mike Elias and others from Sarasota this week. And Isaac Matson is the big one so far. He's dealing with a sore shoulder and Brandon Hyde said on Tuesday that he is about a month behind the rest of the other pitchers. Now, not saying it's anything that's going to require surgery yet or anything where, you know, they're going to you know, really shut him down for a long period of time. But at the end of the day, he's got some shoulder soreness. He's going to be about a month behind, which means he is going to start the year on the injured list, which means, you know, Isaac Matson. This is tough for him because he was going to be a roster bubble guy for that bullpen. You know, he pitched a little bit in the big leagues last year, but was mostly in AAA, had kind of a roller coaster season after coming over from the Angels in the Dylan Bundy trade. But Matson had a real chance to make the Orioles bullpen on opening day, and we know it's not going to happen. Brandon Hyde, you know, already said he's not going to be ready for opening day no matter what, so he will start the year on the injured list. Really a tough break for Isaac Matson, who struggled with some things, you know, on the field and off the field last year, and uh, we were hoping for him to. Kind of get back to it this year, uh, but that will be delayed for Matson. Now, two even bigger names are dealing with a little bit of an injury issue. And the first one is Heston Kerstad. And I know this is basically the last person that you want to have dealing with an injury issue now because he had to go through the myocarditis, excuse me. He missed, you know, the whole 2021 season. He wasn't able to, you know, go to the alternate site in 2020 after the Orioles took him with the second overall pick. He's finally healthy and ready to go. And then in an inter-squad game at minor league camp late last week, he ends up pulling his hamstring. And now 
Mike Elias, Brandon High, the Orioles people talked about it. They're not really sure how long it's going to be. It's not a super serious injury. He didn't tear anything, but it is a pulled hammy. And they did say, you know, minor league opening day for Heston Kerstad would be April 8th. That is the same as major league opening day. They did say minor league opening day for Kerstad to be in a lineup, you know, whether he's in Delmarva or Aberdeen, probably Delmarva, is in question now. They're not saying he's going to be out. They're not saying he's definitely going to be back. Basically, the thought is it's a pulled hamstring. They're going to rehab it, see how he's feeling, but he is not a definite for opening day, and he's going to be shut down a little bit in camp, which is just honestly disappointing. And stop with the people who are like, oh, he's injury prone. Oh, you know, Heston Kerstad's never going to play at all. Stop. This is one small injury. If he's not back for opening day, maybe a week later, he's on the field for the Delmarva Shorebirds. It's not going to be a huge thing, but... It's just unfortunate that finally he was back. You know, so many people in the organization talked about how he looked so good. You know, he felt 100% healthy. It was great to see him back. It stinks that he had this injury, but hopefully he will return quickly. And then the last injury update does scare you a little bit because it has to do with Adley Rutschman. As Brandon Hyde announced on Tuesday to the media that the Orioles would be taking a little bit of an Adley Rutschman injury day-to-day here in camp. He's dealing with just a little bit of elbow soreness. Now, Brandon Hyde said it's nothing serious. They're going to take it day-to-day. It sounds like, you know, he won't participate in anything on Wednesday, and they'll continue to look at his elbow. Maybe just rest him for a day or two and not have him do any baseball activities and then start to ramp it back up. Sounds like nothing serious yet, but obviously, when he's Adley Rutschman, he's the number one prospect in baseball, Hopefully going to be the opening day catcher, trying to win rookie of the year, future of your franchise, everything we want to put down. You know, you worry about the elbow stuff. And obviously it's not a pitcher. You know, if it was Grayson Rodriguez with elbow soreness, I think the, you know, panic meter is at like a two for Adley Rutschman here. If it were Grayson Rodriguez, it'd be at like an eight because it's a pitcher. But, you know, the people on the field who throw second most to the pitchers are the catchers. You know, just from throwing the ball back to the pitcher every time and, you know, how they have to use their arms. We know the Orioles have had this be an issue before. Matt Wieters had to get Tommy John surgery, missed most of the 2014 season when the Orioles won the division. It's something that can happen to catchers. Not saying at all that's what's happening to Adley Rutschman right now, but just something to monitor. Orioles said they'll take it day to day. Hopefully he's all good. They rest him for two days. He's back, and we can see him in these Major League Spring training games coming up this weekend, but obviously just something to monitor. But a lot more news other than that coming out of Oreos camp. We'll continue to keep you updated on it all here on the podcast. And of course, you've heard us talk about this if you've been listening to the last couple of episodes. We're continuing to try to get these episodes in where we talk about some of the Orioles' other minor league signings in Andres Angulo, uh, to name one of them, Wes Robertson, another one, Buddy Bauman. We've got episodes interviews recorded, ready to go, but the O's keep signing guys. And as long as the O's keep signing guys who are going to be more so major league contributors this year, we're going to prioritize those episodes. But if the O's don't sign any more guys between now and Friday, we'll be back for one more episode this week talking about Andres Angulo, the minor league catcher who the Orioles signed a couple of weeks ago. But again, that is coming up on Friday. But until then, make sure to subscribe to the Locked on Orioles YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on Orioles. Follow me at Connor Newcomb underscore. And also, if you're looking for another podcast to listen to, how about check out Locked on MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan is the host over there, but please call him Sully. He's not just covering the O's. He's covering everything across baseball, all these free agent moves, all these big trades that are happening. Matt Olson going to the Braves and then signing an eight-year extension. That was the big one on Tuesday. Of course, the, the big-time Yankees trade on Monday with Gary Sanchez going over to the Twins. 
Sully's got all that covered. So your first listen is Locked on Orioles. Make your second listen Locked on MLB. And then join us back here on Locked on Orioles for Friday's episode to finish up the week. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked on Orioles podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.